Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special pre-recorded episode of Crowd Forecast News. This is going to be episode number 404, and we're recording this on uh, the 8th uh, for release on the morning of the 9th because, uh, yeah, we're recording this because, uh, or so it doesn't interfere with you checking out Wealth 365 this week. It's uh, uh, Wealth 365 is always a, a great event, a lot of education, a lot of uh, friends of Time and Research are on this one. So, uh, of course, Rob Ho- Rob Hoffman, Jeff Bish, uh, Jake Bernstein, Jeff Tompkins, just to name a few. So uh, be sure to check out that this week. That's just at wealth365.com. So my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com. And uh, today I have for you a special, uh, uh, special option professor market outlook update uh, episode. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the option professor. Okay, thanks a lot, David, and welcome, everybody. Uh, quick introduction on myself, the option professor. I've been in uh, the investment arena here for many, many decades. I've educated uh, thousands and thousands of people uh, nationwide and worldwide in the options area. And um, I have traded uh, thousands upon thousands of option contracts and millions of dollars in the stock market. So at the end of the day, what this all means is that I'm qualified, I think, to have some expertise in the area. And I am going to share my opinions and my views with you. What I'm not doing is giving out any advice because that is for you and your brokerage firm to figure out on what's suitable and what's not. But I will be sharing my opinions on how I see things happening. The reason I want to do this today is um, I think we are at a very, very critical point in these markets and a very exciting point in this market. And I will show you exactly what I'm talking about. We're going to cover the stock market. We're going to cover the metals and oil market. Uh, We're going to try to cover as many as we can. And at the end of the broadcast, I'm going to give a special uh, offer out that I think, uh, quite frankly, is a no-brainer. And it very much uh, is something that I hope you take advantage of. Okay, let's talk uh, about what's going on right now. On your screen, you're looking at the S&P 500. Okay, I have a basic theme that uh, higher interest rates are gravity to asset prices. So when rallies happen, rather than thinking it's a new bull market happening, I'm thinking it's a rally that's going to fail. That has been a very good thing for me so far uh, since we topped out in um, in 2021, 2021, 2022. Uh, again, I try to follow my data and my, and my indicators. So here we go. On the 20-year graph, can you see uh, the moving averages are on your screen there? And can you see the purple moving average hit the uh, in the big collapse? It hit that number almost to the penny. That tells me that moving average has some veracity. You'll see on other chart timeframes, it's a very good moving average for as an attractor or as a target if the market goes up or down, in my view. Okay, so what do we have here? We had a run up into 4,800, and then we had a reversion to the mean. The three things I use are relative strength, moving averages, and reversion to the mean. After all my experience and knowledge, that's my conclusion. Okay, so here you go. You got your reversion to the mean. You got the red line turning down, so this is a down market. You see it had a rally there? hits the red line, comes right back down. Okay, we turned up right around the 3,800 area. On the, this is a, obviously a 20 year graph and the market is still looking like it's in an uptrend, but it's all coming together here. And it's coming together at between 4,180 and 4,235. Can you notice uh, to, uh, this week's low, uh, last week's low uh, was 2,235. 
That's where we want to start being bullish. And look where the 12 SMA was, 1231. If you're bullish when it's near the moving average, when it goes up 100 points like it did, you're not just beginning to get in and getting involved in a short covering rally that might fail. Because as you can see, we went as high as 43.58 last week, but now we're already at 43.09 overnight here, and it backed off dramatically. That's why you have to be particular, you have to be disciplined, and you have to not want to lose money. And if you have those things going for you, I think you have a better shot at winning at this thing. Okay, so there you go. That's the neighborhood. And if it gets underneath that level for cause, again, don't be surprised if we have a recession next year. And don't be surprised if bad things happen. And if bad things happen, you could go down into the 3200 mark. That's going to shock a lot of people. It won't shock me if my indicators pull down. And I'm not interested in losing money. So I'm watching that like a hawk. Okay, let's turn to the five-year graph on the S&P 500. It's already rolled over, it's pointing down, and you need to start closing above 44.33 to turn that back up. Again, it had some support around the blue line, it penetrated it, but then it closed above it. So staying above 42.82, very important. And again, getting back above 44.33 and 44.00, very important if you want to see this uh, bull market re-engage. Again, we don't fight the tape, so if it changes, we'll change as well. But again, we did have selling up here in the 4,600 range because we had a declining RSI, and then once it rolled over here at around 4,500, again, we've been on the negative side of it, but not down here after it already drops. You get it? You want to do it at, a, at the better time, and the better time is right around when the thing uh, rolls over on the red line. All right, what does it look like on the one year? On the one year, we've broken down on everything, but again, we are having a snapback rally. But can you see the blue's pointing down, the green's pointing down, and the red's pointing down? So even if we rally, there could be very significant resistance at 4,400 and 4,450. So again, rather than every rally being the dawn of a new bull market, again, since high interest rates are gravity to asset prices, you know, we don't buy into the new bull market necessarily as long as these indicators are pointing to the downside. People lie. The moving averages don't lie. And that's what they say right now. Okay, with regards to a one month graph, let me show you how we caught the up and down on this one. Can you see how you have a big uh, a rolling down of the red line and it never really turns up and the purple's pointing straight down and the blue's pointing straight down. So that's a heck of a ride we caught right down there, all the way down here. And then down here, we turn up at around 4260. Moving average never rolled over. This thing we saw on Friday after the employment report, how long that last? An hour? And then we're right back above 4280. So if you did, you know, and again, if you're using limited risk options and the red line's not pointing down, I don't know why you wouldn't grit your teeth because again, you have a limited risk. So you know exactly what you could lose. And if the red line's not pointing down, in my view, grit your teeth. If you did, you'd be a happier guy than panicking out, right? And so now, again, we get way ahead of ourselves on the rally. And everything is like here, one, you know, getting back underneath the purple line, which is 4328 was key. Once it, you know, once it's underneath there, you're back in the soup. It's trying to hold on 4300. And if it can do that, there's a gap now. So maybe we'll go back up. The red line is still pointing up on the short term. So again, this could be an area where you could buy and then put your on a short term basis and put your stops underneath. The five day, again, that's coming down, but you got a gap. 
and you are holding some of these areas down here. So can you see there, this neighborhood here between 4298 and 4306 and that neighborhood, if it can hold, and again, if people settle down after all the uh, uh, bombing in Israel, uh, maybe it will bounce back up. Again, we are, like I told people in August, September and October is crunch time. Okay, and crunch time means you're going to get a lot of volatility. And what has happened in the months of September and October? Let's go give you a little tip here and see what happened. Okay, in the month of, um, uh, as we finished out August, we had a drop. And then in September, we had another big drop. And now August is supposed to be where it turned, I mean, October is supposed to be where it can turn back up. Next Friday, this Friday, October 3rd, we will start with what? We will start with um, earnings with JP Morgan. And again, uh, I think Wells Fargo as well. Again, uh, we have got three full weeks before the Fed meets October 31st, and I expect it to be chock full of volatility because again, uh, there's a lot of things hitting the fan right now and there'll be more information on earnings. Earnings are supposed to be the thing that turns us around. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. In fact, obviously it started to turn around. But if you start taking out that area that we talked about, which is your 4235, and uh, at this point, let's see if there's any other number a little shorter term here. You know, again, uh, getting back above the red line of 4321, very important because you want that red line pointing up if you're bullish. If it's not pointing up, you can see rallies may very well fail. Just like if it's pointing up and you crack it on the downside, the cracks are very uh, temporary and it's right back on the bicycle. So again, these averages pointing down, you know, that's not a good thing, especially if you want a sustained rally. So we'll have to see exactly what happens. The last time seasonality did not work so great is in the fourth quarter of 2018. And if you remember for uh, 2018 is when the Fed was tightening money and credit quite a bit, not unlike what's happening right now. So again, in that jobs report, I mean, people can poo-poo it, but yeah, they put a hundred grand and change on it. Plus it was over 300 grand. You're talking almost a half a million people got new jobs. You know, that, that, that can't uh, be the kind of stuff that brings inflation way down. Again, high interest rate ultimately will, will do it, but it's always, it takes time because, you know, they put nine trillion zillion dollars in there for COVID. It takes time to work that off. Everyone is working. We had unemployment at 3% and change. And you got the JOLT report still at one and a half times for every one uh, job available. And the uh, earnings are going up at over 4% year over year. So again, it might be a 2024 story before the lag effects start really hitting the economy and, and slowing stuff down. At any rate, uh, we have to uh, do with the market that you have in front of you. And right now, like I say, uh, on a short-term basis, you definitely want this thing staying above 4260, 4280, 4300. That's your neighborhood where you want it staying above. Getting back above this one, 4328 would certainly be a positive. But again, to remind you, there is resistance above. So if the earnings come out and you pop, let's see how it does at 4400 and 4450. If these earnings pop when uh, JP Morgan starts announcing them. Again, seasonally, there is some positives coming up in this uh, time frame. And to give you an idea, uh, the uh, financials uh, can be um, turning a little bit. And let me just show you some of the charts on that. Uh, if you look at the Bank of America, that had a little bit of a turn here last week, and that could be the start of something. We'll have to see. Very low, look at it. It used to be at 38 bucks, and now it's way down here. Oversold, absolutely. Rever reversion to the mean, possibly, absolutely. It's also in a very big downtrend. 
So the bottom line is, as you look at your monthly graph, and it is trying to turn. So staying above the red line, which is 25.89, is almost imperative if you want this thing to go up towards 28 or something like this would be a reversion to the mean. Okay, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, JP Morgan is a little bit stronger, looking for some reversion there as well. Let's take a look. And again, it already has started, gave us our buy at 142 and change. It's already up towards the resistance here of 146.50. So we'll have to see if it can break above there. On the one-year graph, on the, I'm showing you financials because they're gonna start announcing. So you can see it's got a big congestion area. So this may be getting above 146 and a half and 145 and three quarters. It would be a very good sign for this thing. And that would be very helpful. On a longer term basis, where are you at? Again, very strong stock. It is the Cadillac of banks, let's face it. And again, all around 140 is the support. So it's a great time for it to hold. And again, above 145 and three quarters, above 146 and a half, this thing could get some legs. Again, we may think that next year there could be a recession, but we're, we're investing now, right? And so we're not, you know, we're not taking uh, next year's uh, situation. We're looking at, you're looking at the game that you're playing right now. Uh, so there's two financial stocks. There's other ones. I can't get into all of them right now, uh, but I give you an idea that this is the time frame after, from mid-month on through the end of November is when some of these things do pretty good. Financials happen to be one of them. Uh, another one that uh, you know sometimes will do good during this time is the SPY. So let's see what the SPY looks like. Now SPY is going to be good. You got to figure Microsoft, Apple, uh, you know, uh, Meta, Amazon, Google, these kind of guys. You know, they're going to go. So the bottom line is, is here you go again. It's just like the S and P. You know, you want it to hold that neighborhood of what four sixteen, four nineteen. Uh, which it did, it hold 422 last week and the red line's at 420 and change. So there's a reason why it popped out of there. Actually, it almost hit the uh, thing exactly. For, uh, 420, 37, low is 420. That's where you wanna take your shot. You know, you wanna take a shot after things happen, you're gonna take more risk. So the bottom line is, is right now, it is trying to, uh, it is trying to uh, hold on its uptrend. And if you're looking at the real short term here, again, similar, it has uh, some movement possibly up towards 436 if things work well. And if they start breaking down, you'd like this thing to hold this 424 number. So we'll have to see what this war over the weekend is uh, going to do for things. But um, seasonally, uh, between the middle of this month, when JP Morgan starts announcing and the banks, which is the middle of the month starting on Friday, that's when seasonally you'll get your move unless it's a situation where the higher interest rates and the higher for longer uh, is going to offset some of these uh, earnings reports, which are supposed to be great. Um, another, um, let me just see real quick here. Um, another couple of areas that uh, can do pretty good and people don't want any part of is the staples. Look at the price of Coca-Cola down here. People don't want to, you know, they want to, they don't want this thing, but it just hit 51. It used to be at 58 in the last month. Look at it is on the year. I mean, you know, that is oversold. That is reversion to them. That's the poster child looking for a reversion to the mean. So again, while people don't want this when it's way down here, it's certainly a better bargain at 51 than it was at 64. Okay. So keep an eye on something like that. Uh, another one that really got hit, another uh, soft drink deal is uh, Pepsi. And you'll see Pepsi is way, way down as well. So again, way oversold on a short-term basis. You look to your, uh, your uh, one-month graph and see if they can turn it around. But there could be some value here, but these trends don't look good right now. And then another area that sometimes gets moving a little bit is uh, the area of uh, 
consumer discretionary and consumer discretionary uh you can see here um is turned up a little bit uh and it has the ability to possibly have a pop this is a very short-term deal again let me just put rsi up there so you can get a look on that hang on please and let me update that and you can see the rsi is kind of doing pretty good here so that's why it's popping and on a one-year basis what does it look like uh, it looks like it's hanging on for dear life here. And if you can get above, again, just like many of the things, the trends are down and they're trying to turn. Again, you need to get above on this, uh, well, we got to get above 160. It hit 160 here. So it's in crunch zone. And again, if it gives up here, uh, where does it uh, have the potential to revert to? See, everything is right here. This is the, that's why I'm having this meeting. Everything is crunch time right here. You got consumer discretionary. It breaks down through here. You know, let's see what it looks like on the 20-year graph. Okay, it could get very sloppy. Starts breaking under 154. You know, it could get very sloppy down towards this. You know, if they if reports start coming out that, you know, uh, they're not going to Ross and they're not going to shop for clothes and they're not going to Home Depot, you know what I mean? Uh, if that's the case, then these things break. You know, that's the kind of pain that could be ahead. So you got to be careful. And again, we're at crunch time, as you can see from the numbers I'm showing you. They're all right there, man. So you want it to, this is why I'm having the meeting here because it's very, very much crunch time. Okay, um, and then um, uh, same thing with some of these gaming stocks. Again, you know, leisure uh, was the big thing, right? And, uh, you know, Macau and Singapore are very big for uh, Las Vegas Sands. And look at that, it's way down right now. So is it somewhat interesting to keep going? That's a darn big downtrend. Again, higher interest rates are gravity to asset prices. So, you know, uh, if they keep interest rates high, that means the gravity stays high. Do you notice there was no gravity between 08 and 2021? Do you see what asset prices did? The game has changed. If you don't see the games change, you're obviously going to see some rallies and you're going to think the bull market's coming back. And then if, the, if they don't change that gravity, again, the rallies may very much have trouble going on. And these charts look like the rallies would have trouble going on. Again, I'm not dictating what's going on. I'm trying to read what's going on and try to do things that are the least vulnerable for the money, okay? Uh, let's see on a short-term basis, is there a trade involved? It did give you a buy signal to 44.50 as we got above there. But again, a reversion back to the mean would not surprise anybody here. And if you look at the long-term graphs, again, You'd love to see this thing get back above 40, uh, uh, get back above 46 and uh, maybe get above these numbers. Have it on the five year. You know, again, these are very bad looking charts, but they are getting oversold and reversion to the mean. There's a high point here of uh, what? Of uh, 37 and change. And the low point over here is around 43. So maybe there could be some kind of a bounce here, but you have to use the short term graphs to get some evidence of the red line turning up before you get too excited on any of this stuff. Uh, you can see that obviously the bloom has come off the rose on many things because again, the high interest rate is wearing people out. Again, real estate hasn't repriced yet. Let's use our common sense, anybody who's over 21. If you take interest rates from two and a half up to almost 8% and the thing is based on borrowed money, do you think that they have to reprice that at all? If they don't, it's gonna be historic in nature. But again, so things take time. I've been around a long time. Many of you have as well. Things take time, but things that don't make sense don't last. And uh, higher real estate prices with exceedingly high interest rates doesn't hit me as a lot of sense. So you have to be careful. 
uh, PE ratios that are up near 20 with the long uh, with the long bond now hitting 5% or better and the uh, and the short term interest where it is, you know, doesn't hit me as the most sense in the world. But, you know, we'll have to see. We have a very strong employment labor force out there. But uh, credit card stuff, ask uh, Macy's. Uh, people are starting to renege on some of that stuff. And, um, you know, it might be a different ball game in another month or two. We'll have to see. Again, this is the crunch time. You can see from the charts that if it holds this level, you get a very nice rally going into year end. So it could be a situation where the market goes up in a muted fashion, maybe 4,400 to 4,450, something along those lines. And maybe that's all she wrote. Or if things break badly, maybe we could get a big correction. And then from there, you could get more normalized returns looking forward because you're going to start from a lower foundation. Uh, again, you've got earnings coming out for Tesla on 1018. Uh, you know, I'm going to show you some of the stuff that uh, I've helped people with here with our meeting that I'm going to talk about in a minute. You know, people were in NVIDIA and it went nuts and was at 500 bucks a share, right? And again, everyone was trying to buy into it, buy into it. We were trying to tell people it's going to have a reversion to the mean. This move to 500 was uh, met with a uh, uh, declining RSI. And uh, again, on our short-term graph here on the monthly graph, you know, you got a nice sell signal up here. Uh, let's go look at the uh, one year. Yeah, the one year gave you a pretty good uh, rollover at around 480. You had a nice divergence on the RSI. Now it's back on the bicycle as long as it stays above what? 432. And that's where you're supposed to have jumped in. So you should be long this thing as long as it's above 432. And again, it does still have potential. And this is called the poster child for reversion to the mean. So if things sour on this thing, we're not going to know until November because that's when their stuff comes out. This thing has potential going back towards 350, which was the former high over here. And again, it wouldn't shock me because the AI revolution you know, may take a little longer than overnight, just like the EV re revolution. I didn't get hooked into that either. You know why? Because I looked at the road and I can see not everyone's going to turn into electric cars overnight. Plus, they never figured out the battery deal. That's a nightmare for these people. And also, I used to go to the filling station. I see these guys with the electric car and they, I ask them, uh, how long does it take to fill that thing up? And they say they just got back from lunch. Now, how many people are going to take a lunch every time they want to fill the thing up. And where are these filling stations? So I didn't buy into that thing. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't because again, uh, and I don't know if AI uh, is going to be the same way, but it certainly has lost something off the bloom. And so you have to be careful when things get very hyped up. Bitcoin was another one. You know, if you can't explain to me, you know, who's responsible for this thing and how do they come up with the price and this, that, and the other, you know, if I, if I ask pointed questions and I get crooked answers, I don't play. And so that's why I did not do too much with the Bitcoin, except with GBTC and ETHE. But I didn't want to create some wallet in some place I never heard of. That sounded to me like a bad deal. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, there's a, that's one right there. Um, SCMI. SCMCI. Yeah. There's another one that people could uh, see that uh, they could have saved money if they were working with some of my indicators as well. Again, another poster child for a pullback, right? So we know that. So if we see something like that, the first thing we want to do is start going to the shorter term graphs. So we hit the one uh, year and we got a nice sell signal up there when it rolls over at around 320. And then on the one month, again, uh, well, let's see on the three month. Yeah, again, you know, you got pretty good uh, uh, rollover action, anything above underneath 330. 
that was a pretty good size. That's a hundred dollar drop from there. Uh, of course, it did gap down, but you know, sometimes it, you know they they go down fast. I'll give you Apple because a lot of you guys are into Apple. We were all over the sell side at two hundred. Let me show you why. Okay, I have to go back to the one year. Actually, the one month was the one that gave us the first inclination, and that's the one where you'll get the higher turn uh, turn price. But here you go. This was plenty good anyway. Okay, you got a you got a declining RSI. You got a roll over here at one ninety five. You know Tom, Dick, and Harry, and everybody else is long this thing. So that means if it does roll over, is anybody wants to get out? And you think anybody's going to start shorting if they think it's rolling over? Of course. So the market maker is the only guy on the other side. What do you think he's going to do to the bid if the whole world starts selling this thing? I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to move it down to the purple line and maybe even lower. And the guys who say this thing is over rather than joining the crowd because that thing's pointing down, you know, then you can make a pretty good hit. You got a rally here to 190. That should be investigated, except for one thing. It filled the gap. That's the only thing it did. None of the blue lines started to turn up at all. And again, you went right back into the soup. Okay. So, you know, that gives you an idea. And I'll show you a couple ones. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to do something. So let's start out with Exxon. Everyone was bullish on Exxon. Everybody says Exxon's going up. And then we're going to show you why we didn't think it was going to go up. Uh, can you see uh, the first time was up here at around 118. Okay, you see uh, we've got a, a declining RSI, and then the market starts rolling over at about 117, okay? If you use weekly options, which are very risky and only for the riskiest of capital you have, and you looked at a put option with a very short term on it, like 116, it would be a fraction, right? It would be under, under 100 bucks. And if it goes down to 114 or 113 and a half, that option's going to jump dramatically. The better play was after it got back up here, Again, it's running out of steam. You get the sell signal around 118. You look a little bit out of the money at 117. And then you what? You get a nice hit. You go out a week and a half or something like that. You got a very nice ride. Now, why wouldn't we be jumping on puts now? Because now we are uh, in a different ball game as far as where the prices are. Again, you've gapped way down. So you're getting a bit oversold. And on the 20-year graph, Again, there's still potential down here. So you got a reversion to the mean potential. But oil overnight here is up about two bucks, and that may help these people as well. And these people are doing quite well as far as minting money. So could there be more downside? Absolutely. But is this the place to initiate something? Uh, we'd, rather, we'd rather do it at the right time, and the right time in our view was up here at 118. Okay. And then you make your adjustments as it goes down. You know, you take some off, you roll them down, you, uh, you, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you spread them, whatever you want to do. Okay. Uh, another, and so again, that's why, you know, and then this thing up here was all divergent. So, you know, th this was just a bunch of baloney up here at 120. Okay. On Friday, we had Newmont Mining and gold's up about 15 bucks overnight as I speak. I don't know if it's going to hold or not, but uh, this is basically what we saw on that one. On a short-term graph, we got the buy signal here at 35. So we jump on the 35 calls, 35.50 calls, and we got a nice ride at the end of the day, right? And then you look at the one month, and that was turning up as well at 35.50. So we had the five day and the one month turning up. This thing's been coming down a long time. So we know that what? Short covering and spec buying could come in. And again, the gold itself bounced out of the uh, lower 1800s. So we saw that as an opportunity as well. Another one we saw was Freeport McMoran, and that one popped pretty good on Friday as well. So I'll give you an idea here, and that not as good as the gold. And the gold, in fact, the overnight here, the copper is not doing very well. Again, if there's going to be a slowdown, people are not interested in the copper. 
But on the five-day graph, it was a pretty good signal here at 3520. Uh, and then the 3550 uh, calls, uh, 30, uh, 36 calls were very cheap. And you got a nice pop on them on Friday. You take the money and run and you have a good weekend. So it was a pretty good deal for those two. And one last one was on silver. Pan American Silver also gave us a little bit of a pop. And silver's up a little bit uh, with this news as well. So this thing basically had a uh, had a uh, turn up at around 13 and change. And on the one month, again, flattening, not that exciting. The best one on the board uh, were the, were the, was the gold. Uh, second, uh, second place went to the copper. This one I'm just keeping a little bit of an eye on because, again, uh, there's gaps here and stuff like that. But, uh, again, uh, seasonally, uh, starting from the middle of this month on, we definitely are going to be uh, keeping a close eye on the financials, uh, the staples, uh, consumer discretionary, uh, S&P. And as we get to the end of the month, we're going to see if the small caps, IWM, can get on the bicycle. Because, again, they seasonally uh, sometimes have a pretty good time of it between the end of October and the end of November. Now, again, seasonal is the past. We don't know what the future is going to hold. So we take that information and then we plug it into the indicators. And that gives us an idea of if this thing passes the stink test. Again, what we're trying to do is trying to find out where the trend is. So that's why we use the moving averages. Is the market running out of steam? That's why we use the relative strength. And then reversion to the mean, when these things get way away from their averages, they will gravitate to them at some point. So that's the trifecta that I like to work with. Now, here's the deal that I'm going to ask uh, you to do. Uh, if you go to um, optionprofessor.com and put some information in on yourself or email us at optionprofessor at gmail.com. That's O-P-T-I-O-N, professor, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R, either .com or at Gmail, and uh, get your contact information. Here's what I got for you. I send out uh, six PDF reports, one including the best stocks by sector. So each sector we give out what we feel are the best stocks in that sector. Second thing is we give you a link to these indicators, and we give you one hour with myself where we go over stuff that you've done, you have done, and you are doing, and we show you if you were um, uh, using indicators like we have, how you could have done things differently. The people that have come to me, majority have said this would have saved them from, uh, they could have avoided some losses or saw some opportunities here if they had this type of information and they had an idea of how to interpret it, which is what we do in the one hour session. Now, again, you guys have been charged through the nose on things and a lot of it hadn't panned out. You guys have bought track records from people and they haven't panned out. You guys are now losing some money in the market and that's not good. So rather than fight City Hall, I'm doing something very simple. Uh, at my discretion, I am sending out the PDF reports, the link, and I'm giving an hour of my time for free to you in the agreement that if you find value, we will charge you one time only for what you receive. And what we charge is very, very low compared to what these other um, uh, promoters or whatever the hell they are, uh, are out there charging. So why would we give away all our information? Why would I give away my free time for free up front? Simply because I know there's value here and I know you're going to learn something because I've been doing it a long time. And I know how to explain this stuff because I've been doing seminars a long time. So I know there's value. Second thing is, I believe in people. I don't think people are cheats or, or, or robbers. 
I think, uh, you know, they would like to know what they're going to get beforehand, kind of like at a restaurant. Would you like to eat the meal and then pay for it? Well, if your name was Wolfgang Puck or somebody like that, would you be afraid to do that? Okay. So the bottom line is, is we're giving the stuff away up front at my discretion. And then there'll be just a one-time charge, very reasonable. Uh, and again, you'll have the ability to ask questions as well. So that is what I call a no-brainer. Because again, the likelihood that I know more on some of this subject matter than the average bear is pretty high. And again, whether you have in, uh, questions on longer term holdings, shorter term holdings, weekly options, trading, you know, we're very familiar with all that stuff. Are you interested in stocks? What stocks are you interested? Well, we can do an analysis on all of them, right? Then what about these uh, metals? And what about this energy market? And what about crypto? And what about uh, the global markets like China and all those kind of things? What about interest rates in the dollar? Listen, I've been doing this for decades. I know how it works. I have my own opinions and I share them with you. And then of course, after I share that with you, if you think they have merit, if you think they're helpful, then one time you have to make uh, one charge. That's it. So the bottom line is, is uh, like I say, this is a crunch time. I told people about this in August. It's of no surprise to me. And it's going to be a very exciting period because if we hold this area, we can get a very nice rally going into the end of the year because of seasonality and earnings and other factors as well. If this thing breaks from here, you're going to have a very wide open mouth because it would be very shocking if the VIX gets above 2021 and we start breaking under 41.75 on the S&P, but it won't be shocking to me because I'm ready for it, I'm watching it. But again, this is the neighborhood that could be quite good, but you have to be vigilant and you have to keep an eye on it. And that's where we try to give you a hand. Again, I'm sharing my views, my opinions. I am not giving any advice out to anybody. That is between you and your brokerage firm. But I do have information to share. I have opinions to share. And again, that's what I'm trying to do. So again, uh, this is uh, Jim, the Option Professor. Uh, go to optionprofessor at gmail.com. Put, um, uh, put your information in and I'll check back and we'll try to get a good convenient time for both of us to get everything done. And then, of course, optionprofessor.com. You can put your information there in as well. All right, guys, uh, we're into a very good period of time here, uh, three weeks before the Fed meets. And uh, there should be a lot of and a lot of earnings are going to start coming out uh, starting the end of this week. So this is a good time to do your homework. Uh, get a hold of uh, us through the uh, website or the email and I'll come back to you and we'll try to help you help yourself. OK, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Jim, the option professor signing off. And uh, look forward to get, uh, hearing from you and trying to help you. Thank you.